I'm Hillary. That's your 4-Minute Buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the start of our show this Friday. Ah, thank you so much, uh, Hillary. Uh, that is a fantastic podcast. We have to play some more clips from it uh, this morning if we can. Uh, we have our salute to the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 coming up in just a second. And let me tell you just a little bit about our sponsor. It's a cruise through history. Um, we have some of the best storytellers uh, and the and the best historians uh, coming with us. Oh, you know, who we should have invited was Arthur Herman. Oh, he would have been great. Um, anyway, um, we are going on this this great cruise uh, and we're taking you to the to uh, Israel. We're going to Italy. We're going to Greece to find the roots of the American experiment. And the Mercury Museum is going to be uh, lending some artifacts that will be on the ship with you. So you'll be able to see some really cool pieces. David Barton, Rabbi Lappin, uh, Bill O'Reilly will be there. We're doing several shows, uh, all different. And we want you to come. Come spend a vacation next spring with us on an amazing once-in-a-lifetime opportunity cruise. Today's the last day to get the $400 discount at ComeSailAway.com. That's ComeSailAway.com. More in just a second. I am too young, believe it or not, to remember the moon landing. I was four when it happened, but I do, I do remember the T-shirt that I had, the Apollo 11 T-shirt that I had, and I, I wore it proudly until I couldn't wear it anymore. Space changed us. It ignited our imagination and we were one tomorrow is the 50th anniversary of apollo landing uh, on the moon apollo 11 landing man actually setting foot something that just 10 years prior had been unthinkable we tell you the story in one minute this is the glenbeck program i want you to just for a second Think, imagine sitting in the cockpit of Apollo 11, your eyes, your hopes simultaneously pointed towards the sky. You are sitting at a 90 degree angle, knowing that in a few minutes you're going to be blasting off either toward your own death or toward a level of greatness that few Americans have ever achieved. Think of that. You know, you may die on the surface of the moon, but you're ready to go. What you probably don't think about is I'm going to be in this capsule in this stinking chair for days and imagine, if you will, how uncomfortable it was. I have a bad back. I don't I you know, the astronauts didn't they wouldn't have made it. But I'm guessing with all the technology that they had the best of the best at the time, they wish they had an X chair. X-Chair, right now, 30-day, no questions asked, guaranteed of complete satisfaction. You don't have any risk. Most companies can't make this offer because most companies don't have a product that no one ever sends back. I want you to try it for yourself. Once you feel the X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support, or DVL, you'll understand why I and Stu love our X-Chair. And they have a model that's right for you, the X-Basic or X1 through X4. 
The X Chair will fit your body and your budget, and it's on sale now for $100. It's xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com, or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code wheel, uh, XWHEELS, and they're going to upgrade the uh, wheels on your chair. It is truly a remarkable chair that can take you anywhere. All right. Before we go to the news of the day and what it means for our future, let's look back on where we've been. In 1638, poet John Milton met Galileo, who was elderly at the time and on house arrest, just for the insistence that the earth revolves around the sun. Milton was 30 at the time. Years later, he would include Galileo in his epic poem, Paradise Lost. He wrote, By night, the glass so Galileo observes imagined land and regions in the moon. Galileo was the first human to study the moon through a telescope, and he used this new technology to view the lunar surface. For thousands of years, that's all we could do. We could spy on the moon. It was an impossible distance away. It was only 50 years ago, on July 20th, 1969, that Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong became the first humans to actually step foot on the lunar surface. It's only been 116 years since the Wright brothers invented the first successful airplane, and less than a century after the birth of aviation, humans made it to the moon. The Eagle has landed. Not only did Armstrong and Aldrin land on the moon, but they also returned safely with the third pilot, Michael Collins. They even went through customs at the Honolulu airport in Hawaii and jokingly filled out the entry form. They declared moon rocks and moon dust, and they reported that they had returned with no additional passengers. They were lucky to be alive. All three of them, but especially Armstrong and Aldrin. You see, after detaching from the command module while moving around the cramped cabin of the lunar module, one of the men accidentally dislodged a circuit breaker that controlled the engines. Then, 30,000 feet above the moon in rapid descent, the module's onboard computer began to send a signal of an alarm. The computer was overloaded for some reason. Each spaceflight only had two Apollo guidance computers. One was in the command module and the other in the lunar landing module. So you understand, an iPhone today has a 100,000 times the processing power of a computer that guided Apollo 11 to the moon. That's enough memory to handle 120 million moon missions all at once from your phone. NASA, Mission Control, they were about 17 seconds away from aborting the mission because of the computer issue. But luckily, thanks to the brilliant work of young coders and engineers, the crisis was averted. The lunar module was dangerously low on fuel. It had only 216 pounds, which Armstrong and Aldrin needed for the ascent. If they had taken 26 seconds longer, Apollo 11 would not have landed. Now imagine, as you're landing, you get a low gas sign on your dashboard. Just as you're landing on the moon and knowing that if you run out of gas, there is no gas station. 
and there's no way for anyone to rescue you. Now in the approach phase. Now Apollo 11's forgotten third pilot, Michael Collins, was tasked with remaining in the command module as Aldrin and Armstrong descended onto the moon. What happens if they don't make it back? A million disasters could have happened. Maybe they would crash, which they sort of did. Maybe the clunky spacesuit would fail. Maybe they would be affected by radiation. Maybe they would get lost, bobbling through the moon's uneven gravity. Maybe the lunar module wouldn't be able to launch. I mean, if anything went wrong, they were stranded. Maybe. 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 Collins later said he had nightmares about it. That there he was, alone in space, slowly unraveling, literally facing the dark side of the moon. In an interview later with the New York Times, he said, I'm not going to commit suicide. I was coming home by myself, and Aldrin and Armstrong knew that. I mean, I didn't have to discuss it with them. They didn't have to discuss it with me. But it would not have been a good trip home. The scientists at NASA had considered every single possibility, including these ominous outcomes. In fact, President Nixon had asked his speechwriter, William Sapphire, to write a speech and a contingency plan in the event of a tragedy, the Lunar Disaster Plan speech. 30 years later, Sapphire said in an interview, if they couldn't do it, they'd have to be abandoned on the moon and left to die there. The men would either have to starve to death or they'd have to commit suicide. The White House knew if that happened, Armstrong and Aldrin would be on their own. NASA would have to cut off all communication and Nixon would have to call the men's widows. Then he would solemnly read Sapphire's speech to the nation. That speech is gut-wrenching. I had never heard it before. It said... Fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. These brave men, Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin, know that there is no hope for their recovery. But they also know that there is hope for mankind in their sacrifice. These two men are laying down their lives in mankind's most noble goal— the search for truth and understanding. They will be mourned by their families and their friends. They will be mourned by their nation. They will be mourned by the people of the world. They will be mourned by a Mother Earth that dared send two of her sons into the unknown. In their exploration, they stirred the people of the world to feel as one. In their sacrifice, they bind more tightly the brotherhood of man. The speech concluded with a note of triumph. Quote, In ancient days, when men looked at the stars and saw their heroes in the constellations, they could not imagine that in modern times we do much the same, except our heroes are epic men of flesh and blood. Others will follow and surely find their way home. Man's search will not be denied. But these men were the first, and they will remain the foremost in our hearts. For every human being that looks up to the moon in the nights to come will know that there is some corner of another world that is forever mankind. Thankfully, we don't know the words of that speech. History played out differently. 
The lunar module didn't exactly land gracefully. The cabin wasn't properly depressurized, so when the lander detached, it shot out of the orbiter with enough force that the men landed four miles from their target, but they made it. The door opened and Neil Armstrong looked out at the landscape of gray mush. They had no idea what they were about to feel as he leapt from the ladder onto the moon. I'm now step off the lamb now. He spoke these immortal words. That's one one small, small step, step for man, for man. one giant leap for mankind. President Nixon then made the first ever presidential call to the moon and told the astronauts that the whole world was proud of them and that because of what you have done, the heavens have become part of man's world. Armstrong and Aldrin spent 21 hours on the moon. They ascended without any issues and returned from the command module, gritty from their time on the moon, much to the annoyance of Collins. It's no coincidence that NASA's moon missions were named after Apollo. A towering, complicated figure in ancient Greek mythology, Apollo was the god of music, poetry, and medicine, the patron of sailors, nurturer of the vulnerable, the god of light and sun and knowledge and truth. Apollo represents the best that we as humans can achieve, our human spirit because we're always dreaming of the next impossible discovery. Before Apollo 11, humans had spent thousands of years desperate to find a way to launch themselves into space, or at the very least, they had intimately stared up at that gray rock above. Because on a quiet night, if the sky is clear enough, we all feel a certain kinship with the moon. And sometimes it looks so close... For whatever reason, we wound up here, on Earth, mostly stuck on land. Despite all of our certainty, we're still clueless about the universe surrounding us, including our own planet. We've only explored about 5% of our ocean. As for outer space, the more we learn about it, the more obvious it becomes that we're in way over our heads. There are 10 times as many stars in space than there are grains of sand on the Earth. The Sahara Desert is 3.5 million square miles of sand. And that's just one of our deserts. The Apollo 11 moon landing, truly one of our greatest achievements, not as a country, but as mankind. It inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to Earth. But there is plenty left over to discover. We are only just beginning to understand our place in this universe. We have an infinite amount of learning to do. We've come to the conclusion that this has been far more than three men on a voyage to the moon. I guess it's time we all learn that there is no final frontier. We feel that this stands as a symbol of the insatiable curiosity of all mankind I wish I could remember which astronaut it was. I think it was on maybe 12 or Apollo 13 that was so calm. His nerves were such steel that he actually fell asleep on the launch pad. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being strapped to a bomb 
and you're going to take off and you're going to the moon and you fall asleep, you're that calm? I don't think the uh, the boys of Apollo 11 slept well. In fact, we know that Michael Collins didn't. He said he had nightmares the whole time. Imagine fearing, you know, any point of the mission, something could go wrong. You spend the rest of the, your short life in the cold void of space. I think that would keep the best of us uh, from sleeping. But in our everyday life, there's lots of things that keep us from sleeping, keep us. Millions of Americans have trouble sleeping at night. I'm one of them. Uh, one of the things that keeps you awake is the surface on which you rest your head. I just met uh, Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, who actually got me fitted for a pillow. I didn't know that you could do this. I hate I, I get up uh, and roll over every night. And I have to just keep fluffing my pillow. I hate it when they're hot, and I hate it when they're just flat. I didn't know that uh, my pillow came in two different sizes. And when I first tried my pillow, it was the wrong kind for me. It was very, very flat because some people like them flat. Th- there's another version of my pillow, and I didn't like it the first night. And Mike, I ca- he came into town. He said, "What do you think?" And I was like, eh, "It's you know." And he said, "You hate it." I said, "Yeah, I do." He said, "You have the wrong one." And I kind of internally kind of rolled my eyes like aha sure i tried the the right pillow that was for me unbelievable right now you can get a two pack of my pillow premium pillows for 69.98 that's 34.99 per pillow now this offer is only available on mypillow.com or by calling 800-966-3117 use the promo code beck that's b-e-c-k my pillow is made here in the usa comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee a 10-year warranty so don't spend another night Tossing and turning, fluffing your pillow. Just don't have a sleepless night. Get a My Pillow. Log on to mypillow.com right now or call 800 966 3117. Use the promo code BECK to get Mike's offer. It's a two pack of premium pillows for $69.98, $34.99 per pillow. That's mypillow.com, promo code BECK. We bake a break for 10 seconds, station ID. We could also bake. Hey, um, there's a a Greek paradox. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it, but it's uh, it's the paradox of a of a ship. If you leave the harbor and you have all of the replacement parts for your ship in the hole of the ship, and you leave harbor, but as you're sailing, you replace each board. With a new board. Is it the same ship that you left with? Is it the same ship if you replace it slowly? Now you would say yes. Yeah, it's the same ship. Okay, I replaced it part by part. However, if it's in a museum, it's an old ship, and somebody wanted to steal that ancient ship... And they knew they couldn't just take it out all at once. They'd get caught. And they came up with an idea. Why don't we just steal it one board at a time and we'll make replacement boards. And we put the replacement in one piece at a time. Who has the real ship? When they're done, is it the same ship? 
it's a paradox that they've been talking about since we were making up stories about the moon and moon gods. But I want you to think, 50 years ago, we went to the moon. 50 years ago. I don't remember the moon landing, but I remember the, I remember the excitement and I remember the... I remember my T-shirt that I wore. But Stu remembers the Challenger explosion. So his experience of the space program, it wasn't the excitement of Apollo that I experienced. It was the tragedy of Challenger. Now, the reason why I say this, and I want to point out our two experiences with the space program, is because it was in... It was in 1826 that it was the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. And both Adams and Jefferson died July 4th, 1826, on the 50th anniversary. That'd be like Neil Armstrong uh, and, uh, and Buzz Aldrin dying today within an hour of each other. That's how remarkable that was. But the people that were our age, my age and Stu's age... One might not have remembered July 4, 1776, but could remember the uh, the excitement of the time. The other, their experience would probably be the War of 1812. They both remembered different Americas. I remember the America before 9-11. Stu remembers that, but my children don't. And as we have gone along... We keep changing different boards in this ship we call America. We keep replacing its parts. Are we even the same ship? It's a paradox. I'm not sure we are. Because we're not the same crew. We're not. We're not the same. We don't have the same planks. So what does it require to be able to claim? Yeah, this is the same ship. A renewal of our mission statement that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator. And governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. More in just a second. This is the Glenbeck Program. You know, most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., middle of the day. Homes without security are 300 times more likely to be broken into, and 65% of all burglaries are being done by someone the victim knows. I always knew it would be Stu. Given these uh, statistics, what's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security. Maybe because most companies really don't make it easy. Long-term contracts, hardwired, outdated technology, expensive long-term contracts. It's turned a lot of people off. It's a used car salesman, you know, it's coming into your house going, yeah, you know, what you really need you need to upgrade to this. Well, Simply Safe has been my choice for years. They have completely disrupted the home security industry for good. 
They have made it easy. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. The round-the-clock monitoring is $15 a month, and they'll give you a free HD security camera when you order. That's $100 value. Just go to simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. Get the free HD security camera when you order. And if you want to listen back to the 50th anniversary telling of the moon landing, you can get it at uh, the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast, Glenn Beck, and uh, you get the show every day. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tecovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tecovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tecovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately, comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tecovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tecovis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. You know, I, uh, I saw a poll today. Where most Americans don't think the moon landing changed their life at all, really didn't. It wasn't really worth it. It didn't really affect. Uh, it didn't Jeez. really affect us really at all. Nah, it didn't. You have no idea. Let me give you just some of the things that came from the moon uh, uh, launch. Uh, baby formula. Baby formula. They needed to figure out how to get nutrition into a liquid form. And that's the beginning of baby formulas. Uh, your computer mouse. That was coming from the space uh, program. Believe it or not, comfortable running shoes. You notice our shoes are very different than the Converse we had in the 60s. That's because they had to make a, a molding proce- uh, process for the helmets that the astronauts wore. And it, they had to take this rubber and form it inside of the helmet and they realized wow that that could work for shoes i didn't Uh, know about that one yeah um Hmm. cell phone and cell phone cameras Mm -hmm. uh the the camera technology that we now have in your iphone that was originally a uh uh, designed for the space program so you could have cameras uh the microwave oven uh, we also have ice resistant airplanes. So when you have when you have uh, icing, if we wouldn't be flying in the winter if it wasn't for the space program, um, you also have scratch resistant lenses. Those were a product of the space program. Uh, safer highways. As they were trying to figure out how do we land some of these things when we got to the space shuttle, how do we land this? They were very concerned. Remember, flying, landing the space shuttle is like a flying brick. It, it, there's, you're just falling. It's controlled. It's a controlled crash. There's not much you can do. And so you're traveling at this high rate of speed, and they were afraid that if there was anything on the tarmac, if there was any kind of dust, rain, anything, that thing could slide right off of the tarmac. 
So they invented the grooved payment uh, pavement. If you've ever lived in Seattle, uh, you have most of your uh, traffic accidents that didn't happen. You have Mm -hmm. NASA to thank for it. Water filtration, survival blankets, um, invisible braces originally developed for NASA uh, for use in missile tracking, uh, temper form, if you've ever had, uh, or foam, if you've ever had a tempurpedic bed, that temper fo- fo- uh, foam comes from NASA. Can we back up for just a second? Yeah. You said NASA is responsible for survival blankets? The thing they're wrapping those poor children that have been separated from their families on the border <laughs> mm-hmm. in? So mm. NASA's responsible NASA's for NASA's responsible. Unbelievable. Mm. Racist. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, GPS uh, technology, I can't get around without it. No. Nobody knows how to use a map. <laughs> I, 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 go, I would never get around anywhere. I, wouldn't, I couldn't get home this afternoon uh, without it. <laughs> <laughs> it would, think about, think about without GPS, because I, I don't. I use GPS on everything. I used to be, remember how good I used to be on just navigating yeah. around? I could, yeah. You could drop me in any city and I could be like, it's that way. Um. Now mm-hmm. I'm completely lost. Oh, I have no idea where I'm at at any time. In the DFW, I have no idea because no I idea. always use GPS. Yeah. And so you don't learn it. It's just not good. No, it's not. That's probably yeah. not good. Do you remember when I was talking to Ray <clears throat> Kurzweil and I said he, he was talking about how you're going to interface with the Internet, something that Elon Musk uh, just introduced this week, uh, but you're going to interface with the Internet. And, I, and he said you can upgrade. And I said, won't that make us weaker? Because we won't have to really learn anything. Won't that make us weaker? And he said, no, no, it'll make us stronger. I wish I would have thought no. of the GPS example. Because I'm much weaker on directions oh. now, for yeah. sure. Another example yeah, I would uh, give is spelling. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, there was a time in which, you know, you would, people had to learn how to spell. Now you kind of, yeah, you type in the general word into Google. It pops up. You're like, oh, that's how you spell it. And you, and you change it. Like, you, yeah. you know, you're typing an email and it just auto-corrects the way you're spelling it. But it also makes you a quitter. Because after about three times of trying to spell the word, and it won't give you a suggestion, <laughs> you oh. change the word. <laughs> oh, that's the ultimate that failure. The yeah. that, that ultimate is, failure moment. When you moment, can't get when, close enough yeah. mm-hmm. for Google oh. to try to figure out what you're trying to write. That's bad. That's, that's like, bad. I went on vacation last week, uh, and I have a scale at home. And the scale is one of these like Wi-Fi scales that like you know you get on it and it tell you know it like records your weight mm-hmm. over well, time, which is that. what what you see a freaking roller coaster. Is it the, right the, is it the one when Jeffy gets on? It says one at a time. Yes, please. It's that one. Is that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, I went on vacation and when I came back, it didn't recognize me as the same person because it what? it assumes when you step it, on it. Uh huh. Like you're it just like, okay, well, this person weighs 100 pounds and now they're 102. So it must be that person. It like categorized like my, my huh. kid when Zach steps on it, it, he's like, what, 50 pounds and then he's 52 and it knows it's Zach. I gained so much weight that it was like, who's this person? <laughs> Shut up. Like, who the hell is this? Really? And then I swear, that, and I don't know oh about gosh. this part of it, but then I brought it home <laughs> and on the day I flew back from the airport, I put my iPhone up to my face and it would not do the face ID. I'm like, did I get so fat my no. iPhone can't recognize me anymore? 
Is that I gotta possible? tell you, I have I have That's the face great. recognition thing. Yeah. It won't ever recognize my face. I like hold it up. It says camera is covered. I'm like, camera's not covered. Doesn't recognize face. I'm like, it's me. It's me. Oh, wait, that's your face covering the camera. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it could be the same problem. It could be. I, it I could be. Like, I mean, it's just, it it's, it's just ridiculous. You know, and I was thinking today about how the mark of the beast. You know, I get up and take a shower and I'm thinking about the mark of the beast. Obviously, I was actually thinking about technology, which led me to the Elon Musk thing. Uh, and would I take that? Would I want my daughter to have that? Because she's a can- she'll be a candidate for that. Yeah. Um, and it will change her. And then I thought, look at the benefits of that. And then that's where I started the mark of the beast. I'm like, inject it into your head. No, that's not forehead. So it probably wouldn't be that and then i started thinking about the people in sweden that are putting it underneath their hand right now there's four thousand people now that have Mm -hmm. put that little grain of rice thing that gives you access to everything you don't have to have id you don't have to have money blah 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 and i thought you know i remember saying there's no way i'm going to give the government my fingerprints never will i give the government my fingerprints i'm going this week to or next week to the uh, Department of Homeland Security or whatever it is to get global pass. Oh, global entry. Yeah, global entry mm-hmm. where you have to give them all your whole handprints. Oh, and yeah. You know, all the, it's fantastic. Ah, I'm doing it for, I'm, yep, I, wa- I, I want the convenience. Oh, it's going to save you a good 20 minutes in that line, right. and that's worth it. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I would have never given the government, but now for convenience, I will. Mm. Next. No. Remember when we used to talk about face recognition and how bad that is? Mm-hmm. I just gave it to Apple. Oh, yeah. Who we know. I mean, all these guys are in bed with the government. This is not good. We know the walls are closing in and we're like, yeah, let me give you my face print, too. We're talking a good savings of a half second every time every you log time. in. Right. So that so adds up. When it comes to the mark of the beast <laughs> and you're implanting a chip. Because there is no other way to have money, right? everyone's going to do it. There's going to be such a small number of people, which then brought me to, I have got to teach the book of Revelation to my children. Because they didn't grow up with it like I did. I mean, I went mm-hmm. to a Catholic school, though, they were like, and the devil is coming maybe tonight. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, I'm four. Why do I have to learn this now? Now we really need to teach our children about those signs because it could happen. How long was the shower? <laughs> I mean, you're like a it was month. Actually, that was actually about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to think the same thing because I remember hearing that story as a kid, the whole Mark of the Beast thing, and, and thinking to myself, like, wouldn't they just not do that then? We if this is if this we right. all know this is a possibility, right? Right. And bad things are associated with it. So maybe like right before when they're like, oh, we're going to inject you, everyone would just say, well, no. Remember the whole Bible thing? Like, or we already but talked about this. But we're losing that. Oh, first of and all, it's yeah, we're losing it. Yeah. And second of all, it, it is we just don't think like it's it overwhelms us in slow spurts, well, right? Because the- we assumed that the mark of the beast was going to be re- presented like. 
all right, I, you have to sign up for this or I'm going to kill you dead. We didn't see the convenience factor coming. Uh, did anybody see that the president was vomiting pea soup and his head was spinning around? I don't think we should take this. It's right. not going to be it's that way. It's not that way. It's that, hey, this technology is great. In fact, it could save your children if they're ever kidnapped. Yeah. It comes with GPS in it and we'll be able to track down your kids and save I mean, them. Try, try this out for size. Um, think of... Uh, uh, think of the uh, convenience and, and how right now, it, right now, we know that China is closing the doors on their society. Mm-hmm. Google is part of it. Google is part of it. Mm-hmm. We also know all the surveillance technology is being built here in America, just not by the state. And yet we know that Facebook is silencing us we know that facebook is bad for us we know that google is really a dangerous company it is and we just keep doing it and we just we keep just get doing in it deeper and deeper do you remember the did you watch the you i think you did watch continuum didn't you yes i did which it starts out in 2077 mm-hmm. in the future and and then they come back to 2012 through time travel but the point of the future is that corporations have taken over and they are the government. And I used to think, I used to say, so ridiculous. Come on. Corporations are going to be the government. Wow. Are we headed in that direction yeah. or what? Science fiction writers. That's why I've been reading a lot of science fiction uh, lately, a lot. And I've even gone back to, um, right now I'm just reading uh, Frankenstein and going back and just seeing what, you know, why did Mary Shelley write Frankenstein? It was what was going on in her life. She was really a tortured soul. She had lost her daughter, I think. Um, really horrible things had happened. But she had attended a science uh, show, if you will, uh, that showed reanimation. And it just showed electricity and how it, the they took a dead frog, attached electrodes to it, then, you know, generated some electricity hit those electrodes and the frog moved okay and so it was her didn't saying, snap back to life it didn't just snap moved. back yeah just yeah. moved mm-hmm. and nobody had ever seen that before and so the idea back then was science might be able to regenerate life okay mm. didn't have that don't have that ability but science the same thing happened with we can create the perfect human Back in the 40s and 30s with the Nazis, it didn't work. We now have the technology to do some of these things. So man has been mm-hmm. going down this road for a very, very long time. And, it, and science is just catching up to man's most terrific and horrific dreams. And it's here. It's really here this time. And I don't mm-hmm. think we're thinking about it because we're so distracted by, oh, I got so many likes on Facebook. Yeah. And we've just become used to all this stuff. I remember when I was in, in Houston and the toll tag thing was a big deal to Houston, to yeah. Texans. Like, I'm not getting that because they'll, they'll know wherever I am. They'll see that on the toll. They'll know where I am. And they'll know my name and they'll know all my name. And now we give up our information so quickly and so easily. Oh, yeah. We don't even think about it anymore. You know, and nobody is talking in Congress about protecting our information. That one of the biggest things that could be done right now and should be done is that you are in charge. You are the only owner of any information that, uh, that is on you. 
So in other words, any Facebook or anybody else collecting things, you have access to it and you can say, dump it. It's mine. That's me. That's part of me. It's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. But we're not demanding it. We're allowing people to do profiles on us. Our spouses don't know us as well as Facebook knows us. Uh, We most likely don't know ourselves as well as Facebook knows us. And certainly Google. How much information do they have? And you have no access to it. That's me. That's mine. That's part of me. Mm -hmm. We've given it up for free. The government needs to say you have no right to that information. Pat, anything in particular on the podcast you want to direct people to today? Um, just Pat Gray Unleashed is a, a, in general because it's all, you know. It's all just really, fantastic. It's all fantastic. It's all just no, brilliant okay. genius <laughs> stuff. All right, all right. All right. Thank yeah. you very much. Bill O'Reilly is coming up here in just a second. Stand by. Bill O'Reilly in 15 minutes. All right, Car Shield. I don't think Bill's going to be talking about the mark of the beast or, you know, any of these he doesn't take long enough showers. To no, do he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Okay. Anyway, Car Shield. Car Shield has saved me thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Uh, unfortunately, they don't cover things like hail damage. I'm not used to living in a place that has like baseball size hail. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, they have saved me on all the covered repairs that I've had. I have I've a couple of older trucks that I have at the farm. And I'm tell you, I drive them till the doors fall off. I would have sold them a long time ago had it not been for Car Shield. I pay my monthly Car Shield, uh, you know, uh, payment, and they have that has paid off a thousandfold, probably probably ten thousandfold at this point. Uh, Eight hundred Car Six Thousand. If your car is out of warranty, you need some extended coverage, and Car Shield literally will save your butt. Please do this. Uh, at least look into it. Do your own homework. CarShield.com or call 800-CAR-6000. 800-CAR-6000. Use the promo code back. CarShield.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, there's a great, uh, the great, um, is it uh, Regan? What's the, uh, the comedian? Brian Regan, so funny, where he's talking about being an astronaut and, you know, you're at a dinner party and it's the me, 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 I, 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 I guy that's talking and I did this and I did that. And if you were an astronaut, you go, yeah, I walked on the moon (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and you win every time. Uh, If we have time today, I want to share a story uh, about when I had uh, lunch with Buzz Aldrin. I asked my dad. Hey, come have dinner or lunch with Buzz Aldrin and, and me. And it was a really cool, but I learned something from that. I'll tell you later. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm Hillary. That's your four minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Steve with the second hour. It used of the show. to happen to me all the time. All the time. They would spell my name wrong. And you'd be like, you don't even know who I am. Anyway, uh, let me tell you about real estate agents I trust.com. Uh, this is for the person that wants to sell their house, maybe needs to sell their house. You need to sell your house on time. You're being transferred. You just, you just are ready for a new house, whatever it is. You need to sell your house. You need the right real estate agent, and we can find them for you. Real estate agents I trust.com. This came from many, many conversations with some of the best real estate uh, agents in the country learning how they do their business and 
How do I find you in my neighborhood? Um, we really studied it and learned from the best. And now we have the best real estate agents all around the country and we can refer them to you. It's free service for you. It's real estate agents. I all extremely vetted to make sure that they are the best. They know your neighborhood. They have a real strong track record. It's real estate agents. I real estate agents. I go there now. Tell them what you're looking for. You give your your um, your location and your email. You will have somebody call you back, most likely in ten minutes. But surely, surely within an hour, somebody will be responding to you. Real estate agents I Bill O'Reilly is next. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Boy, there is a ton to talk to Bill O'Reilly about. Uh, He's got a new op-ed out that I think is spot on and needs to be heard by everybody. It's bad parenting, not capitalism, that is the main cause of income inequality in America. How true that is. Also, the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. Uh, I believe Walter Cronkite looked to Bill as a much older person. Really much, much older brother. Uh, and uh, hmm, what'd you say? Sort of a mentor? Yeah, sort of a mentor. Mm-hmm. Sort of almost like a grandfather. Uh, and uh, so he'll remember the moon landing. Uh, and I'd love to hear his take on that and where we should be going now. Also, the president. The president has had all kinds of issues this week with the press. I can't wait to hear him speak about Elon Omar, AOC, and the Trump controversies of the week. In one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about uh, Tecovis. Tecovis is, there is something about a boot. There is something about the spirit of a cowboy boot, a Western boot. There is something about the style that never goes out. And I'm telling you, you wear a baseball hat or a cowboy boot, and the world knows you as an American. Uh, A cowboy boot is something that just never goes out of style in America. When When you are a kid, you played cowboys and Indians. You you wore those crappy cowboy boots because you knew what that meant. You were a cowboy. You were out looking, you know, look west, young man. You were an adventurer. And then I think some of us that just kind of goes away and we realize life really isn't like that. But I want life to be like that. That's one of the reasons, probably the biggest reason I wear cowboy boots the other is because i live in a place on the farm and the ranch where there are snakes and i don't want to get bitten by a rattlesnake um but the spirit that a boot captures is what a tecovis boot is all about and it is the best handmade boot you can buy for the money it is twice the boot of money of 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 cowboy boots of a similar price twice the boot it is half the price of other boots that are of the same quality it's truly remarkable handmade 200 steps to make it they're they're out of the box comfortable great boots feel great great price find your tecovis now find your 
spirit of the West. Find that spirit that you had as a kid. Once again, just slip on a pair of Tacovis boots. T O V T O C. Let me start again. T E C O V A S. Tacovis boots. Get them at tacovis.com slash Beck. T E C O V A S dot com slash Beck. All right. It's the anniversary, the 50th anniversary tomorrow of the moon landing of Apollo 11. Uh, Most people say now that it really didn't affect their lives. That's because they just don't know what the space program, all of the, I mean, microwave ovens. I mean, how are you going to go into a 7-Eleven and get one of those crappy burritos in the the microwave oven without the space program? Bill O'Reilly is here to uh, talk about it with us and as well as all the other things that happened this weekend. There's a lot uh, revolving around the president. But let's start with the let's start with the moon landing. Bill, how are you? Good. Can you, uh, just before we get to that, can you spell that boot again? No, I can't. No, I can't. I really can't. Thank you. Can you hold up big cards for Beck? <laughs> yes, please, somebody. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Bill, you were, you know, what, 68 when we landed on the moon? I was there. You were there. Yeah, yeah. I, was, uh, I was there. Nobody knew. I stowed away yeah. on the Apollo spacecraft. What was what? What is your memory of the day that we landed on the moon? Uh, I don't really have too much of a memory of that. Seriously? Um, no, I, I, you know, you got to understand my persona. I have trouble putting gas in my car at the self-service, yeah, you I know, when that. I have to put the card in and then right. the nozzle in right. and then this right. button. So technology just frightens me. Um, I do remember, uh, watching it and uh, feeling proud of my country. Um, that was number one. Uh, and number two, I just have no idea how they pull this stuff off. But wait, and wait, then, you were like 15, right? Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay. It, it was uh, in the teenage years, which for me were pretty grim, I must say. I led the league in dopey teenage frolicking. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, obviously, this was a big event. Uh, Walter Cronkite. I remember I watched his coverage. Yeah, everybody did. Uh, I, I liked the mustache on Walter. That's it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't have anything to do with his reportage or anything like that. Um, but anyway, you're right. When it's, you know people don't really understand, number one, how com- complicated this is. And all you have to do is look at the astronauts who were killed when the uh, spacecrafts exploded and all that. I mean, right. it's very, very dangerous. And number two, that the technology that is developed along the way um, has changed everybody's life. So we wouldn't have the drones and the satellites and uh, live shots from here, there, and everywhere. And none of that would be happening unless we had the space situation. Well, they say, people say, oh, you, you of course, look at uh, Elon Musk. What they don't understand is where we were at the time. We might have, you know, we might be on the moon today, um, maybe, maybe, but at the time it take it took the entire country to rally around it. And quite honestly, many of the things that we have now were from the inspiration of the moon program and the dedication of the, um, uh, educators at the time to emphasize the science in young kids, to try to get them to say, I want to be an astronaut. 
Well, to well, be an astronaut. Everybody wanted to be an astronaut. Right. You know, everybody's running around. But the real motivator to go to the moon was to defeat the Soviet Union. Correct. Um, that's why uh, Kennedy uh, and, and Johnson and all these guys, they basically put gazillions of dollars into this NASA development because we feared that the Soviet Union would get space weapons and then they'd be up there and uh, the moon would be communist and, you know, all <laughs> that. Um, so the political component really led to the scientific achievement, which, of course, most people don't understand. They, well, why are we doing this? Why don't we just take that money and rebuild Detroit? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but I think the overarch for 50 years later um, is basically your country did this. And, and your country um, is the dominant force in the world then and now. You know, it's and weird, Bill, is you, proud of that. you say that, um, you know, your country did this. And I think many Americans felt that way. They were very proud of of the moon landing and still are. I am very proud of what our country did. Um, however, the rest of the world, it was one of those weird events where the rest of the world. Yes, they knew that it was America that did it, but they interpreted it at the time as this wasn't just an American accomplishment. This was an accomplishment of mankind because they still viewed America as a place of dreams where anyone could come and accomplish incredible things. So they saw it, yes, as American, but it was it uh, at a higher level. And I think that what still is felt by most people is that was not American. That was humankind. Yeah, I mean, Aldrin really was clever in the way he marketed that one small step for man and giant step for mankind. Okay, so um, I have no problem with that at all. I'm not, you know, a jingoist or a nationalist or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. a chauvinist by, uh, about America. And I want the world to be proud that human beings were Me able too. to accomplish. Me too. That's, that's a good thing. Right. But I also want the world to recognize the nobility of America. Correct. And they don't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. did at the time. It doesn't Maybe, now. But you still had you still had a tremendous Cold War situation, yeah. and you had threats all over the place, and expansion of communism, and so you, you did have that back then. But you know, today um, the world watches news coverage from America, and the dominant theme is America is terrible. Yeah. Well, That's even the even the moon landing, the the social justice warriors are saying this was just a white male event, mm. and we're not supposed yeah. to celebrate it because it's a white male event. Well, I, I haven't heard that. Oh yeah, no, um, I don't doubt that it's happening. Yeah, I'll give you the stories. Um, but you know, it just it folds into the and and this is so fascinating to me because this could never happen without the media's consent and approval. It could never happen. The four women, the radical women in Congress, nobody would even know who they are if not for the media embracing them. And so, you know, we're going to have individual cranks and loons forever. Yeah. We've always had them. But the difference today is the cranks and the loons, if they disparage the United States, are given a unique platform. Yeah, they are. By the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Everybody NBC else. News. And it's not. Yeah. And that never happened before other than Vietnam. Now, Vietnam was very, very similar 
um, because it's cr- it, the crazier you got, the more famous you got, i.e. Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, the Chicago 7, the Black Panthers. The nuttier you were, the more anti-American you were in the late 60s, early 70s, the more famous you got. This is a replay of that that we're seeing now. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. What happened this week, the controversy with Donald Trump and the Elon Omar and AOC and the quote squad. uh, When we come back in one minute, stand by. Also, we are doing an Elon Omar special uh, next Wednesday, an hour on her roots. Uh, Something that, Uh, We have been following very, very closely for the last year, uh, and we've been watching the the excellent, I think, reporting that's been coming from David Steinberg. And uh, we are hopefully going to have him on. But I want to we want to do an hour long special next Wednesday only on Blaze TV. You won't want to miss it. It's a very complex case, but I think with the chalkboard and possibly some finger puppets, I, I can make it understandable and show you why what is being said about Elon Omar must be looked into. All right. <clears throat> Bill O'Reilly is uh, going to be joining us on the cruise through history. In fact, can you bring Bill back up? B- <clears throat> Bill, Here I am. I have my life preserver all ready yeah, to go. I know. I know. Um, uh, have you heard the news uh, that Jim Caviezel may be coming with us? Man, and then we'll reenact the passion. Right. We'll the passion will reenact. Right. Okay. I mean, can we we got to get him drunk or something because he'd never do this on his own. But you imagine the pranks we could play in Israel with Jesus. That's right. And the only reason he's coming is I'm going. You know that, right? Yeah. No, I don't know that. No, I don't know that. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, we've got just a great thing. You can hang out with us um, uh, on on these amazing sites in, in Athens and Venice and the Holy Land. Bill and I are going to be doing a, a, a show together in uh, Israel uh, when we when we get to Israel. And also we have shows uh, throughout the trip on board as well come with us come with us this is the last day that you can get the the special early bird uh price which is four hundred dollars cheaper today's the last day buy this for your parents and and you know what buy it for the parents and your grandkids and let them take the grandkids along with them this is truly a once in a lifetime cruise I've never heard anybody offer anything like this before. It's all inclusive, including the airfare. You don't have to even bring a wallet. Come say, well, you have to bring your passport. Comesailaway.com. That's comesailaway.com. Find out about it. Today is the last day for the early bird special. Uh, That's comesailaway.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right, Bill, let's let's talk a little bit about what happened uh, this week with the um, with the the squad, AOC uh, and Elon Omar and, you know, the, the, the pack of four here. Right. The president came out and he said, and I think this is what he meant. And I think he echoed the sentiments of a lot of Americans. Look, if you don't like it here if you hate america so much go someplace else there are 169 other choices go someplace else 
And I think that that's a frustration that a lot of people are feeling because we're constantly being run in the mud. Then he later he later said, you know, you know, send them back or send them home or something like that. Send them back where they came from. That turned into a race thing. First of all, do you think that was a racist comment? Okay, let's let's break this down and advance the story for uh, Glenn Beck listeners. First of all, this is a strategy on the part of Donald Trump and his campaign to get reelected. So he's not really running against a Democrat. You know, he will diminish and demean whoever is nominated, but that's not what he's going to run against. He's running against a system, and he's dividing the system as radical left. So the Democratic Party is radical left. That's what he's running against, all right? That's the strategy, and what better way to illustrate that right out of the box than to take the four radical congresswomen. And I never refer to them, by the way, as the squad. Why? Because this is a promotional opportunity for the women, that the media has given them a nickname. So I don't use it. I don't think they're a squad. I don't think they're in the military. I don't think any of that. They're individuals who have decided to run for office, been successful in doing so, who are radical left and feel America is not a noble nation. That's who they are. Okay, send them back. I don't care about sending them anywhere. I don't either. Now, so Donald Trump, he doesn't care about sending them anywhere either. It's not like he says, well, let's send them back to Somalia. That's not what he does. So it's really too bad that the United States of Trump, my upcoming book, isn't out now. Because then everybody would know how the president thinks about these things. They don't know that now. But I'll throw out one question. If there were four radical congresswomen who were white saying and doing the same things as the women of color, do you not think Donald Trump would diminish them and demean them and attack them verbally? Yeah, of course he would. Of course he would. And you know what? Nancy Pelosi was doing that just a few days before. Yeah, but it's a different thing with Pelosi. But Trump, it doesn't matter. Does everybody forget lock her up? Crooked Hillary? What color was Hillary? So if Donald Trump would do that to anybody of any color, how can you say it's racist? So, Bill, have you ever seen and you remember when I was on uh, on Fox and I said the infamous statement, I think the president is racist. And then I immediately said, no, that's not quite right. He just seems to have a deep seated hatred for the white culture. And I'm a commentator. I'm trying to figure it out. That was a boneheaded thing to say. But I was just thinking aloud. There's something not right. He doesn't understand the American culture. Um, and I got all kinds of heat for it. How dare you say that? Blah, blah, blah. The press has not just said, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. He, he seems to have a problem. Instead, this time, all reporters have been saying he is a racist and sure. this is a racist statement. And the reason they're doing that is because they're nervous. They, being the press, the hate Trump press, 90% of the national media falls into that category. All right. They are very concerned that he will be reelected because there's 
absolute chaos within the Democratic Party. And if the next segment, if you'll allow me, I'll tell you what's going to happen in the next debate. So anyway, the press is very, very nervous. So what they do is they fall back on the easiest smear that you can yes. play. Right. You're a racist. Okay? And again, if you had my book in your hand... Which right, I'm will, ready for. And you'll get it in a couple of weeks, back you're getting an advance copy. Um, you will see that there is a pattern of behavior on Donald Trump when it comes to race. It's fascinating how he views race. And it's not at all what's been reported. It's not that he's benign toward African Americans or people of color. He's not. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He is not a guy who isolates groups and says, well, this group should get this and this group should get that. He doesn't do that. Barack Obama did that. But Donald Trump doesn't do that. So this whole thing basically is working to Trump's advantage. He won this. I agree. Whole numbers are up. Yep. His rally in North Carolina, he went out and he just whacked them again. And if you watch the post coverage on CNN and MSNBC, the body language of those commentators was, you know, I don't think we're going to win this. We've said he's a racist 830,000 times, and it's not sinking in. All right? So Trump's going to run against the radical system. And he's right. Which has dominated the Democratic yes. Party in the recent months. That's what All right. Let me let me ask you quickly here before the break about uh, the the killing of impeachment, uh, the impeachment effort. What does that right. say to you? It says Nancy Pelosi told her members that we are not going to go down the impeachment road. And if you continue to go down that road, you're not getting any money from our funding for reelection. And that's why it got whacked. All right. Dead. Bill O'Reilly, we will give him the time to say what's going to happen in the next debate. I'm anxious to hear that. Uh, And so many of the other things that happened this week. His commentary continues in just a moment. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Man, we have access to so much data right now, so much data that we never had before. If I could tell you that you were going to get uh, type 2 diabetes... Uh, and you you were going to get it, and but if you just do these things, would you want that information? This is the kind of information you get from Twenty Three and Me, Twenty Three and Me dot com slash Beck. That it's not just about your um, your heritage. I mean, that's to me that's the cool part. But you learn so much about your health, what you're predisposed to possibly having, and the things that you can do to make sure that you stack the cards uh, in your favor. Because if you're predisposed to something, the cards are all stacked in its favor. you got to reverse that. And with just this simple test, a lot of that can be done. It's a DNA test now from 23andme.com slash Beck. Buy your health and ancestry service kit today at 23number23andme.com slash Beck. Do it now. Go to blazetv.com, promo code Glenn, get 10 bucks off your subscription, and go to billoreilly.com and subscribe there as well. Hey, this weekend's podcast, uh, about 90 minutes, that is just a 
thrill ride. I mean, it is it is the fastest roller coaster ride you've ever been on uh, with Gavin McGinnis. I sit down uh, at a round table with Gavin McGinnis. It, you do not want to miss this. Uh, you know, it, you'll you'll see the truth. You know, he's supposed to hate me. I'm supposed to hate him, et cetera, et cetera. And all that garbage that was going around. Judge for yourself. Uh, and uh, and don't miss this episode of Gavin McGinnis. He is a plain spoken guy and very fun. I mean, hold your sides laughter. Very funny. And at the same time, I don't think you should say that. <laughs> uh, don't miss it. The podcast this weekend. Get it wherever you find podcasts. We're back with Mr. Bill O'Reilly, um, who is about to tell us what he thinks is going to happen in the next debate with the Democrats. Okay. Um, so what I've done on BillOReilly.com, your second favorite website uh, to your own, um, is to basically try to stay ahead of the political story rather than do what cable news does, which to me I find incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. All right, is just to a contrived reaction to contrived events. All right. So here's what I think is going to happen in the Democratic debate 10 days from now. You've got Biden holding a fairly significant lead in the polls. If you go to real clear politics, you get the numbers there. So the challengers, the legitimate challengers are only three of them. Okay, there is. Bernie Sanders, who is on the fade, and he's never in a million years going to get the nomination, but he's still in play. Elizabeth Warren who's coming up a little bit and believes that she can get the nomination. And then you've got Kamala Harris, who is quietly assembling a pretty powerful team. However, you've got to knock Biden out of the box. So they crippled him. Well, not, maybe not crippled. They hurt him last time around on the busing thing with Kamala Harris. Now, Harris gets another shot at him because Harris is going to be on stage with him again at the CNN thing, all right? So it's going to be basically Bernie against Elizabeth in one night and Harris against Biden in the other night. Here's how Harris is going to go against Biden. You ready? Mm -hmm. Under President Obama for eight years, there were three million illegal aliens deported in this country. Three million. By contrast, two and a half years of Trump, 758,000. That's Biden has already been asked about it and says, I have no problem with the three million being deported. As everybody knows, open borders is a signature of the current Democratic Party. Harris has got to go into that precinct to say, how dare you, how dare you applaud the deportation of three million poor migrants, most of whom were fleeing injustice? How can you possibly do that? That's where Harris is going to go. What's her record? What's her record in California? She was a prosecutor. She really doesn't have much of a record as attorney general there. See, because California has never, ever, since Ronald Reagan left the governorship, ever pursued a hard line against illegal immigration, which is why the state now, okay, is dominated by foreign nationals. They've never done it. So Harris can basically say, 
I didn't persecute anybody. I could have, but as the DA in San Francisco, I didn't do that, and I didn't do that as Attorney General of California. You're the mean guy, Joe Biden. You're the anti-immigrant guy. Okay. Now, that possibly will not happen if the deal is made. Do you know what the deal is, Beck? Yes, I do. All right. So let me just restate it. The deal is that the Biden people will say to the Harris people, ease up. If our guy gets the nomination, Kamala is going to be VP. And he's only going to stay for four years. All right. And then she takes over. She gets the shot at the presidency. Harris will take that deal because Harris probably can't beat Biden one on one in the primary system. Because people don't really know her. She's radical. And her performance at the Kavanaugh hearing was a disgrace to our justice system. So she probably can't beat him. Plus, Harris has a lot of stuff in her background that the press won't report, but it will come out. And she doesn't want that. She doesn't want to be so, in that so way. So let me just ask you this, because I saw the egos inside campaigns um, uh, in the last in the last uh, campaign. And I saw how people that could have made deals didn't make deals because they all just thought, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. And I'm more important than that person. And that person doesn't know. I mean, they they have to be. Um, arrogant enough to run for president. And I mean that in a, in a, not in a pejorative sort of way, they have to believe in themselves enough that they are the one to be able to go and do that. Uh, And they don't seem to listen to deal making at least this early in the game. Um, Yes, there's validity what you say, but the polls are the polls. And, uh, you know, Harris, I don't believe Um, And I could be wrong, obviously. I mean, there may be a way for her to get some traction, but I'm not not so sure. Um, And this is a safe bet for her. This saves her an awful lot of angst. Yes, it does. To make this deal. And Biden will make this deal in a heartbeat if he feels that this is going to, you know, stop the attacks on him, which he can't defend. How's he going to defend the deportation of three million migrants to a party that wants open borders. How is he going to do it? It's impossible. And so you Barack don't Obama think Obama couldn't do it. You don't think Warren and Sanders alone with uh, just Harris backing away, not defending. But you don't think Warren and Sanders alone could put enough dents into Biden. Americans aren't going to elect or nominate socialists. They're not right. Okay, that's so. They, I'm, they not saying, no, I'm not saying that they're going to. I'm not saying yeah, that they're going to win, but you don't think that they can put enough nah, dents. No, nah. look, uh, Sanders is an old white man, and that's his problem yeah. right now. Okay, so he's white. If say if he was a person of color, it'd be a different story. All right, um, Warren is an elderly white woman. Um, that's her problem. And the party, the Democratic Party, is is basically marketing itself to younger Americans and minority Americans. So it's Camilla Harris. She's not young, but she's not old. Mm-hmm. So Harris checks off all the boxes. Yes, but can't beat Biden in in most of the states. Do you think she could beat Trump? 
Kamala Harris against Trump? Yes. Only if Trump makes a myriad of mistakes and the economy goes south on him fast. Um, I think Harris could probably get on the initial bump about 45% of the electorate to even take a look at her. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, Harris um, has far more appeal than Sanders or Warren because they're so extreme. Harris plays this kind of game. She is an extremist. If you really listen to oh, no, what she, she is. wants, it is. Yeah, she is. But she doesn't come across that way. All right? But so Harris is the, is the threat. Now you go Buttigieg. Buttigieg is very articulate. He's going to hang around. Mm-hmm. Because why not? What else does he have to do? <laughs> All right? Well. Really? Right. What I, else does he have to do? Yeah, I know. I mean, CNN wants him, and he'll go there. You'll see him. He'll get a show. He's not going to be a, comp- uh, a commentator. See, AT&T is going to wipe out everybody at CNN soon because it's such a disaster. And Buttigieg is going to be on there. Um, you wait and see. So, so uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me go back to this because I find this fascinating. Um, y- y- you say that CNN, they're going to fire everybody there. Yeah. Uh, I think AT&T is going to wipe out the whole squad. Now, I'll use the word squad for them. Right. Okay. So when you say that, it, does that mean a total rebrand of CNN? I mean, how do they re- resuscitate they this? They have to. I mean, but they, they don't do they, it by putting Buttigieg in there. Well, no, you do because Buttigieg is very charming and articulate. He's not a crazy guy. He may be. A so crazy you're going to fire everybody and then replace them with a whole bunch of other people that are still far left that are more reasonable. See, they won't fire Anderson Cooper. You can't. He's protected. Okay, but you, you got to get rid of and, and Lemon. You can't get rid of either. So you got to move them around. But you've got to inject some youth and some sensibility. And Buttigieg, whether you like him or not, is a very articulate, charming guy. He mm. is. Mm. So he's going to be the centerpiece of what AT&T tries to do with CNN. They're not going to say we're not liberal anymore. They're going to say we're going to get back to our roots of reporting. That's what they're going to say. Right. Go, yeah, ha, ha. Um, but Buttigieg is going to be front and center. So it's worth his while to stay in and run around because A, right now he didn't have anything to do, and B, he knows he's got the CNN thing in his pocket. All right. Bill O'Reilly, um, send, me your, send me your galley as soon as you can. I'm, I'm going on an 18-hour plane ride here in two weeks, and I'll, I can read it on that. Where are you going, Beck? Uh, I'm actually going to reunite a mother who thought her daughter was dead. Everyone in the family was killed. The Nazarene Fund, our charity at Mercury One, rescued the mother, moved her to Australia. Three years after we found her daughter alive, she was a sex slave for five years. We just called the mother and said, your daughter is alive, and I get to go bring her what to her mom. What a tremendous story. Where was the daughter held captive? Uh, I don't, I, I don't want to give you the details only because I don't know. Um, okay. I think she was in, uh, Syria, but I don't know okay. for sure. Well, very congratulations to you. That's, yeah. uh, and I will send you the galley, but you got to keep it to yourself. I will. I will. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. You All can right. Say it's great. You got it. You got it. You All got right. it. I got it. All right, Bill. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. You can uh, see, uh, Bill and get his analysis every day at BillOReilly.com. Ex-chair, 
Stu and I, uh, we had a revelation this week, a breakthrough with Stu. Mm-hmm. The chair is so comfortable, and this is absolutely true. It is so comfortable in its factory settings. I have been tinkering with mine and trying to get mine adjusted exactly right. Stu, I made a really simple adjustment to my chair the other day, and Stu looked at me like, wait, what did you just do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... It's the most important adjustment you can make. It is the, the part. lumbar. It's the support. lumbar. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he had never adjusted it. No, I well, I just it was comfortable, so I just sat in it. <laughs> That's I think what you'd normally do with a chair. Then I started showing him the other adjustments, and it's now more comfortable. It's like crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It is just the best chair you've ever had. It, when you sit back in it, you lean back. It is as comfortable as a lazy boy. It really is. When you are sitting up at your now that you've moved the lumbar. Mm-hmm. Remember, I used to say I've said over and over again, it makes you sit up. Yeah, it makes you sit straight. Mm-hmm. It, now with the lumbar, it's even better, isn't it? It is better, and it's possible that maybe I should occasionally listen to you more. Yeah, well, give it a whirl. You never know. Anyway, X Chair now on sale for a hundred dollars off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com, or call one eight four 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 X Chair. Go to xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code X Wheels, and you're going to receive a free set of the new X Wheels with your X Chair. It's xchairbeck.com. Uh, if you uh, if you missed the opening monologue on the 50th anniversary of uh, the moon landing, um, I'm going to do it one more time here in a few minutes, uh, and then we're going to post it uh, sometime today so you'll be able to share that with your friends. It's a pretty remarkable story, really, truly remarkable story. You can also see the show at any time um, on demand and live at blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn to save 10%. Um, but uh, we urge you to we urge you to uh, join us and become a member of the Blaze and Blaze TV. Now, if you do that and you use promo code Glenn, you save some money. Also, you get this Ilan Omar special that looks like it's coming out on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and that is going to be interesting. An hour-long special kind of looking at her background and really like, I mean, her background is one thing the things that she has seemingly lied about and potentially broken big time laws laws about felonies when it comes to related to her immigration uh, more specifically to her taxes and whether she perjured herself also uh yeah just i won't get into it now because it's very complex it is but there are there are definitely several perjury charges uh and uh tax charges that are felonies Uh, we don't have we're going to go back and show you how she got here to america which is uh was not legal the way it the way it happened but i don't i don't even want to go there because when you understand the story you'll kind of understand and say okay i'm not going to hold you know a kid responsible for this and it was such a bad situation that let's just forget about that let's just call that yeah, okay. I'm, I'm only concerned about the stuff when she's an adult, and there, there's a lot there. And there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And one of the things we talked about, because we've, we've discussed some of these things on radio, mm-hmm. um, but we, over this week, have talked about the idea that it really needs to be visually explained, because the names, there's too many names that you don't know. There's too many strange actions. It's you really need to visualize it. Yeah. And so that she what, has going for her is this a very complex story. Yeah. 
It's but our best defense. That's the fact that what people... we usually excel at. Uh, is breaking down very complex stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so join us at Chalkboard. Maybe puppets will be involved. Uh, Maybe maybe the Brady Bunch will be involved as well. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to tell it, but we've been working on it for a while. There will be an hour special only on Blaze TV next Wednesday at 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss that. A special on Elon Omar, only for Blaze subscribers Please join us now, blazetv.com slash Glenn. You're going to save uh, 10% if you use the promo code Glenn as well. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. It was 50 years ago that man actually stepped on the surface of the moon. 50 years ago. But it was just a few years before that that no one thought man could go to the moon. And John F. Kennedy stepped up and said, we're not only going to go to the moon and return a man, but we're also going to do it by the end of the decade. Everything that was going on in the 1960s, there was a choice. You could reach for the stars or roll in the mud at Woodstock. We talk a lot about just the rolling in the mud. Can we just take a few minutes and talk about reaching for the stars and what that meant to America? We'll do that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, um, one of the main reasons to embrace NASA and what they did back in the 60s and 70s um, is that they not only inspired people just by watching them, but they really forwarded the progress of mankind. They, they pushed us forward. A lot of the things that were developed for the, the uh, moon launch and for the space program have affected our lives. But also, it changed us in a way. It, it, it gave people of my age and older pride and something to strive for it was a different world it was a monumental task of putting astronauts in space and eventually one on the moon and it forced the smartest people on the planet to invent and innovate and we are a direct benefit of a lot of that but today that developmental inertia the drive to make better products better people a better life it's still part of america It still is. There are people that want to do that every day. And that is really one of the uh, driving forces behind the guys that have innovated the X chair, a great, great chair with dynamic variable lumbar support or DVL. It's going to be bringing relief to your back in a very powerful way. It does mine. I love this chair. No questions asked. Guaranteed complete satisfaction. You don't have any risk. And most companies can't make that because, I mean, you can't can't send a chair out and then have people send it back. You'll go bankrupt. Nobody sends their chair back because it's a fantastic chair. Try it for yourself. 844-4X-CHAIR. It's on sale for $100 off right now. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com or call 844-4X-CHAIR. If you use the promo code X-WHEELS, they're going to upgrade to the new X-WHEELS on the bottom of the chair, which are just tremendous. Uh, just use the promo code X-WHEELS at xchairbeck.com. All right. Let's take you back longer, farther back, much further back than 50 years ago. 
1638, poet John Milton met Galileo, who was elderly at the time and on house arrest, just for the insistence that the earth revolves around the sun. Milton was 30 at the time. Years later, he would include Galileo in his epic poem, Paradise Lost. He wrote, By night, the glass so Galileo observes imagined land and regions in the moon. Galileo was the first human to study the moon through a telescope, and he used this new technology to view the lunar surface. For thousands of years, that's all we could do. We could spy on the moon. It was an impossible distance away. It was only 50 years ago, on July 20th, 1969, that Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong became the first humans to actually step foot on the lunar surface. It's only been 116 years since the Wright brothers invented the first successful airplane, and less than a century after the birth of aviation, humans made it to the moon. Not only did Armstrong and Aldrin land on the moon, but they also returned safely with the third pilot, Michael Collins. They even went through customs at the Honolulu airport in Hawaii and jokingly filled out the entry form. They declared moon rocks and moon dust, and they reported that they had returned with no additional passengers. They were lucky to be alive. All three of them, but especially Armstrong and Aldrin. You see, after detaching from the command module while moving around the cramped cabin of the lunar module, one of the men accidentally dislodged a circuit breaker that controlled the engines. Then, 30,000 feet above the moon in rapid descent, the module's onboard computer began to send a signal of an alarm. The computer was overloaded for some reason. Each spaceflight only had two Apollo guidance computers. One was in the command module and the other in the lunar landing module. So you understand, an iPhone today has a 100,000 times the processing power of a computer that guided Apollo 11 to the moon. That's enough memory to handle 120 million moon missions all at once from your phone. NASA, Mission Control, they were about 17 seconds away from aborting the mission because of the computer issue. But luckily, thanks to the brilliant work of young coders and engineers, the crisis was averted. The lunar module was dangerously low on fuel. It had only 216 pounds, which Armstrong and Aldrin needed for the ascent. If they had taken 26 seconds longer, Apollo 11 would not have landed. Now imagine, as you're landing, you get a low gas sign on your dashboard. Just as you're landing on the moon and knowing that if you run out of gas, there is no gas station and there's no way for anyone to rescue you. Now in the approach phase. Now Apollo 11's forgotten third pilot, Michael Collins, was tasked with remaining in the command module as Aldrin and Armstrong descended onto the moon. What happens if they don't make it back? A million disasters could have happened. Maybe they would crash, which they sort of did. Maybe the clunky spacesuit would fail. Maybe they would be affected by radiation. Maybe they would get lost, bobbling through the moon's uneven gravity. Maybe the lunar module wouldn't be able to launch. I mean, if anything went wrong, they were stranded. Maybe. Maybe. 
Collins later said he had nightmares about it, that there he was, alone in space, slowly unraveling, literally facing the dark side of the moon. In an interview later with the New York Times, he said, I'm not going to commit suicide. I was coming home by myself, and Aldrin and Armstrong knew that. I mean, I didn't have to discuss it with them. They didn't have to discuss it with me. But it would not have been a good trip home. The scientists at NASA had considered every single possibility, including these ominous outcomes. In fact, President Nixon had asked his speechwriter, William Sapphire, to write a speech and a contingency plan in the event of a tragedy, the Lunar Disaster Plan speech. Thirty years later, Sapphire said in an interview, if they couldn't do it, they'd have to be abandoned on the moon and left to die there. The men would either have to starve to death or they'd have to commit suicide. The White House knew if that happened, Armstrong and Aldrin would be on their own. NASA would have to cut off all communication, and Nixon would have to call the men's widows. Then he would solemnly read Sapphire's speech to the nation. That speech is gut-wrenching. I had never heard it before. It said, Fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. These brave men, Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin, know that there is no hope for their recovery, but they also know that there is hope for mankind in their sacrifice. These two men are laying down their lives in mankind's most noble goal, the search for truth and understanding. They will be mourned by their families and their friends. They will be mourned by their nation. They will be mourned by the people of the world. They will be mourned by a Mother Earth that dared send two of her sons into the unknown. In their exploration, they stirred the people of the world to feel as one. In their sacrifice, they bind more tightly the brotherhood of man. The speech concluded with a note of triumph. Quote, in ancient days, when men looked at the stars and saw their heroes in the constellations, they could not imagine that in modern times we do much the same, except our heroes are epic men of flesh and blood. Others will follow and surely find their way home. Man's search will not be denied, but these men were the first, and they will remain the foremost in our hearts. For every human being that looks up to the moon in the nights to come will know that there is some corner of another world that is forever mankind. Thankfully, we don't know the words of that speech. History played out differently. The lunar module didn't exactly land gracefully. The cabin wasn't properly depressurized, so when the lander detached, it shot out of the orbiter with enough force that the men landed four miles from their target, but they made it. The door opened, and Neil Armstrong looked out at the landscape of gray mush. They had no idea what they were about to feel as he leapt from the ladder onto the moon. I'm now step off the land now. He spoke these immortal words. One small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. President Nixon then made the first ever presidential call to the moon and told the astronauts that the whole world was proud of them and that because of what you have done, 
The heavens have become part of man's world. Armstrong and Aldrin spent 21 hours on the moon. They ascended without any issues and returned from the command module, gritty from their time on the moon, much to the annoyance of Collins. It's no coincidence that NASA's moon missions were named after Apollo. A towering, complicated figure in ancient Greek mythology, Apollo was the god of music, poetry, and medicine, the patron of sailors, nurturer of the vulnerable, the god of light and sun and knowledge and truth. Apollo represents the best that we as humans can achieve, our human spirit, because we're always dreaming of the next impossible discovery. Before Apollo 11, humans had spent thousands of years desperate to find a way to launch themselves into space, or at the very least, they had intimately stared up at that gray rock above. Because on a quiet night, if the sky is clear enough, we all feel a certain kinship with the moon. And sometimes it looks so close. For whatever reason, we wound up here, on Earth, mostly stuck on land. Despite all of our certainty, we're still clueless about the universe surrounding us, including our own planet. We've only explored about 5% of our ocean. As for outer space... The more we learn about it, the more obvious it becomes that we're in way over our heads. There are ten times as many stars in space than there are grains of sand on the Earth. The Sahara Desert is 3.5 million square miles of sand. And that's just one of our deserts. The Apollo 11 moon landing... Truly one of our greatest achievements, not as a country, but as mankind. It inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to Earth. But there is plenty left over to discover. We are only just beginning to understand our place in this universe. We have an infinite amount of learning to do. We've come to the conclusion that this has been far more than three men on a voyage to the moon. I guess it's time we all learn that there is no final frontier. We feel that this stands as a symbol of the insatiable curiosity of all mankind to explore the unknown. I want to thank Tacovas for making this portion of the program possible. It's made me think a lot about my childhood this 50th anniversary. It's kind of taken me by surprise. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice right now, there is a man who, as a kid, knew the basics of how to fly a spaceship before he even learned how to drive a car. He was way too young to learn how to drive a car. Even if his spaceship was made out of cardboard boxes and his helmet was cardboard and tinfoil, he knew how to fly. And he, he made himself... A solemn vow as a child, only a child could could muster this kind of vow that one day he would stand on that giant rock in the sky. There was this boundless curiosity that was barely contained in his frame, and it, it drew him towards lofty concepts. The dream has grown stronger since he got older. Choosing to do things, not because they were easy, because because they were hard. 
that began to make more sense to him, and he applied himself and tried to succeed at everything that he set his hands on. That was long ago now, perhaps. And some things worked out better than he planned. Some things worked out not exactly the way he planned. He made headway in the world, maybe achieved a dream or two, but mostly he fell on the same rocky surface of life that most of us do as gravity pulls us back down to Earth. There was no NASA. There was no Corvette Club for him. But there was a life lived in the service of, in some ways, slowly killing off that little boy, but replacing him with a man. And yet, somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there is that man with a little bit of life left in that boy. And sometimes on a cool evening when the sun goes down and the cicadas sing their ceaseless oratorio, he might go out and stare at the sky, look at that moon, have some of the same old feelings of being young and filled with dreams. I remember what it was like when I was a kid and I, I wore red and white painted cowboy boots. It made you feel like you were the sheriff. Made you feel like you were in gunshot, in gun smoke with your cap gun. Cheap and clunky boots and just a cheap painted gun. But somewhere in America, there are men like me that want to revive that young soul buried inside. And a little bit of that comes alive when I put on my Tecovis boots takes 200 steps to manufacture a pair of Tecovis boots. They're built to be comfortable right out of the box. They're handmade, high-quality, full-grain leathers by world-class bootmakers. Tecovis boots, you can get them in lizard, alligator, ostrich, ostrich, the most exotic leathers. They sell them directly now to customers. That way, they ensure their product is either half the price of a similar boot or twice the price or twice the quality of a boot price the same. Check out their site, tecovis.com slash Beck. Anything, anything leather you need, you'll find there. High quality belts, bags, wallets, even great jeans. Not made out of leather. No, it's strange to order things online right now, almost space age. But they have free shipping, free return, so ordering is risk-free. Tecovis, great boots at a great price. Find your pair. Revive that little boy inside of you. Be the man you always wanted to be. Tecovis, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Tecovis dot com slash Beck. Walk the walk. You were meant to walk. Ten seconds, station ID. You know, most of us don't get a chance to go for a moonshot. But some, some have done some remarkable things in their life. This time has really, um, it could scare you. Or, and it may be and or, it can push you into things you never thought you could do. Some of the people I know that are military veterans they are some of the most incredible people that i know 
I want to tell you a story about uh, Tony and Melissa. They live in Virginia. I talked to their neighbors. They're fans of the show. They were surprised when we called. They were thrilled that it was us that was reaching out. He's a Marine Corps officer. He's a major stationed in, in D.C. He's now working for a member of Congress before spending two years at the Pentagon. He's married, has two little girls. They were, they were moving to Fairfax. And uh, they moved in and the neighbors came across the street and they were the first to welcome them in. Uh, they're just great, great people. Well, they were getting to move, getting ready to move. And uh, the government trucks that we ship all of our soldiers stuff in, because uh, it's not like you just call U-Haul. You're working for the government, so you get what you get. Well, some of these trucks, they're so badly uh, damaged because the government is screwing around with changing over systems that this particular truck hadn't had repairs done to it, etc., etc., and all of everything they owned, everything they owned, burned down. The family didn't find out about it for four days, and now they've got nothing. A guy who has served his country. We can't go to the moon, but we can change their life, and I want to talk to you about that when we come back. Let's rock this person's world. Let's change this family's trajectory. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, USCCA, which is the United States Concealed Carry Association, has another great opportunity for you to win a, a brand new expensive gun, but you have to act right now. They're giving you 19 chances to win $1,000 to buy an expensive new Glock 19. Their mission is to train and protect responsibly armed Americans just like you and me. I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. They are. I know you are. That's why you should be a member of the USCCA. But they want to introduce themselves to you by giving you a chance, actually 19 chances, to win a brand new Glock. Uh, just text the word BECK, B-E-C-K, to the number 87222. You'll get the official rules and lock in your 19 free chances to win. You'll do it right now. For more information and the rules, go to protectanddefend.com. Confirmation text is going to be sent when you just text the word BECK to 87222. Standard message and data rates do apply. Don't miss your chance to win $1,000 for your very own Glock 19. It ends the 26th of this month. So do it now. Text BECK to the number 87222. Coming up on Wednesday on TV, a special one-hour episode on Ilan Omar, her past. Go to blazetv.com, use the promo code Glenn, get 10 bucks off. I want to tell you the story of Tony and Melissa. They have five kids. The end of June on the 29th, they had a moving truck holding the household goods of this, this family, this army family. And it caught fire due to a mechanical issue. Well, they were moving with the armed forces and they were moving to Texas from Virginia. And uh, 
their insurance now only covers a third of the value of their goods, which included everything that, you know, all the memorabilia from his military service for 30 years, pieces of furniture that they had collected in Germany all over the world as they served all of those memories, all of the pictures, everything they had, including everything the kids had, all the bears and stuffed animals from their beds, all the footballs and baseballs and everything. They lost between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand dollars of of their life that's not being reimbursed. And they were just going on. And somehow or another, this really humble, optimistic family is just. We're going to be fine. The family only found out about the fire because the fire department posted a picture on Twitter and a friend saw it and knew that that truck was the truck that they had posted on their website with the family standing behind it saying we're off to Texas. And the friend said, "Uh, I think the truck that just burned down was the truck you had all your stuff in. That's how they found out four days after the fire. Well, the neighbor has decided to start a GoFundMe page, and I'd love to rock this family's world. They have a goal of 100000 They have $19,000 raised so far. This is a really, everything we've heard about this family, a really good, humble family. And they're on their way to Texas. Texans, may I suggest that we do what Texans do best, and we welcome this family with open arms, and we help them in their plight and share some of the wealth that we might have. Five kids. Nothing, nothing from this family is left. Imagine everything you have erased. Wow, you want to talk about starting over. Well, let's help them. You can go to GoFundMe.com. If you search for Army Family Moving Fire, you'll be able to find it. Army Family Moving Fire. Or you can go to my Facebook page. Uh, I think it'll be up at Glenbeck.com. We're going to tweet it out. Is it up on Instagram? It's up on your Twitter right now. Yep. Okay. So you'll be able to find it. But please, let's rock this family's world. Go to GoFundMe.com. Search Army Family Moving Fire. Uh, do that now. Um, and let's help uh, put some salve on the wounds of this uh, family. An amazing piece of perspective there, too, Glenn. If you read the the account, I mean, you just went yeah. through everything that happened to this family. Yeah. He served our country for all this time and all these amazing things they've done. And then they have this tragic loss of, you know, they're out like a couple hundred thousand dollars potentially here if people don't sta- step up. And they, at the bottom of the write-up, they have, uh, here's a story on the fire. And so you click on it to get a news story. The news story is just about how people are pissed off. They were sitting in traffic behind the the, fi- the, the trailer that burned. And it's like that. You realize how many times have you done that? I mean, every I person is guilty of this. Like, you're like, what is going on? And then you realize. And, and you don't think of it as, I mean, there's lots of stuff that if I had in a moving truck that would be destroyed, that would be of great value, that I would be really sad. But it's not the same as my son's baby blanket that my sister made for him that he still has i mean he's not using it but he still has it you know it's the, the the things the stuffed animal 
you know, the baby polar bear that I got for my daughter when I was in Alaska and brought it home. And we, you know, did butterfly kisses and, and, and polar bear hugs. That's a memory. It's gone. You lose those things and they're gone. Uh, and those are the things that I think really mean stuff. But anyway, this ties in, by the way, to another story that I, I don't think people really understand. Uh, transcom. Uh, if you love socialism, <laughs> you're going to love Medicare. You're going to love all the great things that our military gets. Um, right now, if you work for the government, you don't you get what they send you. And uh, they're sending uh, these military trucks. And because there are changes to the um, the PCS policy, this is the government uh, policy. The moving companies are holding off on buying new equipment and 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 potentially delaying needed maintenance on their existing equipment because they don't know if they're going to be doing business with the government because the government is thinking we're just going to do private. We'll just you know, you can get a U-Haul truck or you can call your own thing and, you know, do it like the rest of everybody does. So these moving companies that have been getting these sweetheart deals from the government and they're really not the best, uh, they're not doing maintenance, some of them. And the fire was a result of a failed break on an interior tire for the trailer. Uh, and apparently it's because of these changes that the government hasn't decided if they're going to do or not. So it's just just an extra cherry on top. Don't you love the government and don't you love socialism mm. oh the healthcare stuff just in and of itself is going to be great yeah uh, there's an interesting article about out about kamala harris's medicare for all yeah which doesn't seem to make any sense at all shut up she's back and forth on this whether private insurance is going to be legal or illegal yeah right we know that well you remember 94 percent of uh, of doctors take private insurance but 90% take Medicare. Now, that Medicare only pays the doctor 20% of what they charge for everybody else. But she's like, don't worry about it. The don't doctors it. are already, you're going to be able to keep your doctor because the doctors are already in the Medicare plan. So bizarre. So she's endorsed, you know, she came out and endorsed Bernie Sanders' plan on Medicare for All. And then when she was asked about, are you going to make private insurance illegal? She's like, yeah, let's get rid of it. Then the next day she followed up and said, well, no, of course, we're going to keep private insurance still going to be available. And she's gone back and forth on that point three or four times. And she's landed in this weird place where she seemingly is going to make private insurance illegal. However, there's still opportunity for people to pay for health care. So, like, you couldn't pay to get insurance, but you could pay a doctor to do extra things for you. And if you think about this, people, because it doesn't make any sense to, a, I think, a conservative as to why you'd want to get rid of the option for private insurance. And the idea is basically you don't want someone like an evil Glenn Beck to be able to use his uh, evil money to buy better insurance than some person who doesn't have the means of Glenn, right? And so, like, okay, why would you care? Like, I, that's a crazy thing, and it, but that is the theory behind it. Just so mm -hmm. you know, people can even understand it because it's mm -hmm. so far out of the norm. Mm -hmm. I think of the way most people think. You want the best for everyone. Mm -hmm. They're saying they don't want people to have the ability to get the best. It's why there's a Cadillac tax 
on companies like mine that provide the best insurance. Obamacare came with an original Cadillac tax. I couldn't. I would be paying a penalty if I gave the best health insurance. That yeah. makes no sense. Right. And by the way, they did. Uh, the House repealed that this yeah, week did. in a story did. that did not get any attention. Now, the Senate hasn't done it yet. So, uh, but, but all those health care plans went away because they realized no one is going to be paying for those. No, the, no company. Amazing, though. The Democrats are the ones repealing it, uh, mm-hmm. which is a fascinating mm-hmm. development. Uh, hopefully the Republicans in the Senate go along with that and get rid of that because it's a terrible thing. The reason why the Democrats are on board for that quickly is because unions don't like it. Unions give their employees mm-hmm. very good health care and they don't like that tax. They've never liked mm-hmm. that tax. Uh, so that's really why that's happening. But anyway, to Kamala Harris, she has two things going on at the same time. One, she has endorsed Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan. Uh, two, she has promised as a central part of her uh, financial arrangement with America, should she be uh, introduced as president, a $2 trillion middle class tax cut. <laughs> now, how you can get a tax cut for middle class people and then also implement Medicare for all, which is two point eight uh, trillion, trillion mm-hmm. dollars per year, trillion dollars mm-hmm. per year. Yep. Our whole budget, by the way, is four point eight in twenty twenty four point eight trillion dollars. This is two point eight. Right. So half over <laughs> half. <laughs> like what? what are you cutting if you're not, if you're going to cut taxes? What else? Are you, are you getting rid of the Pentagon? Right. Because <laughs> she, I mean, look, Bernie Sanders has at least been honest about it. Yeah, your taxes are going to go way up, even for middle class people. We're paying $32 trillion mm-hmm. over a decade. Of course, it's going up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, by the way, much more than $32 trillion in a decade. But that's a whole other story. So she's now saying she's going to lower the taxes and then also increase the taxes. So... Like what? Wh- <laughs> you, you guys realize Stop. those are the opposite of each other, yeah. right? No, I don't think they do. But you're not supposed to think these through, Stu. No, that would be a bad idea. Yeah. You're not supposed to think these through. Mm. Uh, again, uh, real quick, GoFundMe.com. Search for Army Family Moving Fire, or just go to uh, you know my my Twitter, my Facebook page. Should be up there as well. All right. Sponsor this half hour is real estate agents. I We've been hearing about the exodus of Americans from, oh, I don't know, the heavily taxed areas of our country to the states that embrace personal freedom, small government, lower taxes. Hmm. Huh. Gee. Democrats who think that we can just have Medicare for all. Hmm. Gee. Look what's happening at your level. People are leaving places that are heavily taxed to places where they're not heavily taxed. Why? Because jobs are made there. Anyway, if you're thinking about voting with your feet, you need to check realestateagentsitrust.com. But I caution, don't share this with a friend that doesn't necessarily share your politics because I don't want them moving to Texas because they're going to vote for the same crap here. And then where will we go? Anyway, realestateagentsitrust.com. You're going to have a great agent where you currently live who will help sell your home quickly and for top dollar. We have the best agents where you want to move as well who will work on your behalf and find a great home and be your advocate so you can buy without stress, worry, and you know travel uh, of the worry of the travel and, and, uh, and buying remotely. Such a nightmare. 
Find a real estate agent who's going to work for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I had a fascinating conversation with uh, Gavin McGinnis last week while I was up in New York. Uh, he, he is just an incredible guy. Very, very funny. Very politically incorrect. He's a comedian, a provocateur, but he's also a pretty deep thinker. Uh, and we talked about the plan of the left. And I want you to hear a bit of what he told me. As soon as you start questioning the left then you're not 100% with them. And if you're not 100% with them, you're 100% against them. Mm -hmm. So shortly after leaving Vice, you know, I was doing comedy videos and pitching TV shows where I was welcome and did a ton of pilots and stuff and movies and books. And then they started realizing that I don't like the government and they (laughs) cut cut you off. So I I can't go to a pitch room in LA anymore. And so... So Wait, 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 wait. Before before you get there, how is it that people who who used to say don't trust the man don't trust anyone over 30 don't trust the government they're now so pro government they're saying donald trump is a fascist we got to get rid of all of the guns mm-hmm. <laughs> i i mean it's so it hurts there's so much gentle uh, i mean a mental gymnast in in the liberal heads no i don't i don't understand it's how the opposite it it's mental obesity mm. we are living in an incurious zenith right mm. now where people have just like north koreans they're just fed this crap the government realized that they can accrue a lot of power by starting the whole nazi myth and saying white supremacy is everywhere everyone's a nazi and the more fear they instill with that the more power they get. You think the government started that? Is that kind of like the, the DNC is behind this? Oh, okay. I think. I think a lot of you mean the political funded, parties yeah, and the the left, yeah. 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 And the Antifa are, are, are you know uh, uh, what's the word? Easy fools, uh, useful idiots. idiots. Um, and I think they're the when you're incurious, you're an easy target to, for manipulation. Mm-hmm. And I think half of the country. Has been manipulated. I mean, within the liberals, we were talking about this earlier, but I think there's like this sliver of radicals, like like the what were they called? I always confuse them with wasabi sauce. The Wahhabis, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wasabi. They're yes. spicy on Why your tuna, they? and they're spicy on your religion. So take it easy with that little dose of Wahhabi. Right. One will blow you up; Ooh. the other will burn your tongue. <laughs> I feel like my nose is going to blow up from that Wahhabi. <laughs> So they they took over Islam and ruined it. But, you know, the the moderate Muslims are still people you want to grab a coffee with because it won't be a beer. (laughs) And with the left, they've let these radicals take over. And Antifa, Ilhan Omar, they've polluted the whole left. Right. You said uh, Antifa is a uh, uh, useful idiot. Uh, The paramilitary wing of the DNC. But I wonder if it's not going to end up that the DNC were useful idiots. Because it for seems Antifa? for the extreme left, for the people who uh, want to stop a free market, uh, want to blow up the system, have direct democracy, which we know that what that'll lead to. I mean, I think Nancy Pelosi, I mean, she's afraid of those people now. 
It's a really fascinating conversation. If you are still curious about the world, one you should listen to. You get the free podcast tomorrow. Uh, you can get the podcast every day of this show every day. And then once a week on Saturdays, I interview interesting people this week. It is Gavin McGinnis, uh, one that you don't want to miss. It comes out tomorrow. Get it wherever you download your podcasts. And uh, sign up and review, please. You're listening to